Well, today we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family, and I, I love uh, watching the congregation's reaction to these readings. Because I get to see all of you. You don't always get to see me. So, you know, sometimes, you know, wives respect your husbands, and husbands are, like, nudging their wives. It says, children, be obedient to your father, and uh, dad's hitting his kid. And <clears throat> so there's all this beauty that surrounds this feast, and... This is a disclaimer at the beginning of this. I want you to know that this is not an attack on anybody, okay? Uh, so don't take it as such. I think the devil loves to show up at mass and point fingers at each other and put us against each other. So this is not an attack. It's simply what I've been seeing is kind of the going trend in regards to the family in the modern society. <clears throat> I came across this statistic and... Uh, it's not really, sh- the findings of it are not really shocking to me, but what's more shocking is that people, I don't know if they don't realize it or if they just don't listen to it or whatever. Anyway, it was, this, it was in this uh, journal and it was called the Journal of Happiness Studies. <laughs> they actually have that journal. They got a journal for everything, I think. <clears throat> anyway, it says there's one key factor above all others that determines someone's level of happiness. It has nothing to do with uh, your career, it has nothing to do with uh, the money you make, your intelligence, your wealth, whatever. It has only to do with one key factor, and that is the depth of personal relationship that you have in your life. So, <clears throat> how many deep personal relationships do you have? That is kind of the key indicator of how happy you are. Like I said, this didn't shock me because we as Christians would believe this, right? We believe that we're creating the image and likeness of God. God is three persons and one God subsisting in love. God is an eternal relationship of the deepest proportions. So if we're creating his image and likeness, it would make sense that we, in turn, are called to have deep personal relationships. What shocks me is that most of the like, modern world does everything in its power to destroy relationships. I mean, just, just think about this. <clears throat> Social media. Social media is about the shallowest form of relationship that you can have with the person. And yet, that's the way most of the young people and the millennials, whatever, that's most of the way we communicate. Facebook, Twitter, all of these things. I mean, I was talking to this little girl, she was <clears throat> playing this game. And I'm like, what's that game? And she's like, well, it's, it's just a fun game I play, but look at how many friends I have. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, look, down the corner, I have 494 friends. And I'm like, no, you don't. And she's like, yes, I do. Those are my friends. I'm like, you don't have any friends. And then she started crying. <clears throat> so I was like, I mean, not you have friends, but they're not your friends. And if that's how you live life... If that's the deepest form of relationship you're going to get to, you're going to have a very depressing life. If that's how you rate friendship. So understanding friendship like that leads to a very sad life. But I think we can learn something from the Holy Family. And we should do everything we can to make our families holy. Right? Because the family right now is being destroyed by the culture. And I want to look at three key virtues. They're, They're all over the readings. There are three key virtues. One for kids, and then two for married, the, the married the husband and wife. Okay? Obedience, love, and respect. So, 
First, we're going to look at obedience. And I, I think it's kind of humorous if you look at the day-to-day life of the Holy Family. A lot of people, they, they say, well, the Holy Family is just boring. All they do is they just pray all day. And, you know, they're never mean to each other. And they just keep their heads bowed and walk around all the time. And I'm, that is nothing like what holiness is. Holiness is pure joy. And so the Holy Family is full of, like, if there was a barbecue, everybody would want to be at Mary and Joseph's. Because it was like, it was the best place. There was always joy in that household. But I kind of think, I find it humorous. I kind of think of like different relationships. Mary and Joseph is funny enough. But Jesus, right, is God incarnate. I mean, imagine Mary and Joseph. They actually told Jesus what to do. They told God what to do. I mean, that's bold. Right? I mean, like, Jesus, clean your room. Now, there's just this thing, you know, like, I mean, he's God. He could have just ruled the house. Maybe he was just like, you clean my room. <laughs> or it's not going to rain for five years. <clears throat> and Joseph, like, Jesus, go clean up the workshop. You clean up the workshop, Dad. Or I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to have cre- trees quit growing because I can do that. Like, he's like this little tyrannical God running around, you know. <clears throat> but Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus was obedient. It says he was obedient to his mother and father. Here's the thing I was thinking about. So, th- there are so many families that I see the kids do rule the house. They become the center. And they dictate the direction of the family. And it drives me nuts. You know, parents, they can get their kids to any practice in any game on time, but they can't get them to mass. Or they say, I, this one really drives me nuts. I'm like, hey, have you ever thought about saying to our school? Oh, I let my kid pick where they want to go to school. Why? You are the parent. You're in charge. You dictate the pace of the family. Not the kids. I remember when I was at St. Mary's High School, <clears throat> the, the, the amount of stuff that students were in is insane. I mean, they go from after school all the way to like 8, 9 o'clock. And then they get home, they do their homework. I mean, they have barely any time for relationships with their mom and dad, yet alone they're God. And for the record, I am a fan of extracurriculars and sports. I was in them all. But I think that the devil's number one way that he breaks the family, he breaks relationship, is he does it through distraction. I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Screwtape Letters, by C.S. Lewis. Fascinating book. But there's this one part where the... So the whole premise, just very quickly, the whole premise of the book is Screwtape is like a master demon and he's teaching his nephew, Wormwood, how to tempt humans, right? And so Wormwood gets this guy, he's like, oh, I did such a good job, uncle. I got him, he's all alone, he has no more friends. And Screwtape, the senior demon, says, that is the worst place he can be. Don't you know that the enemy's territory is silence? And the enemy is God. Right? He says, what we want is we want noise. Noise! And he just keeps screaming noise. And that's what distraction, 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 distraction. Keep us away from what is most important. Our families and our God. So, parents, I'm not telling you this because you're in charge. You make the decisions. But what are you raising? Are you raising state champions or are you raising saints? That's the question. I knew a father, he sat down with his kids and he said this. He said, kids, there is a priority in our family and I want you to know it. And they said, what's that, dad? He said, God's first, your mom is second, and you all are third. 
God, spouse, children. And the kids said that was a relief. Because they didn't feel like they were the center and they had to perform for mom and dad. Seriously, I think one of the major problems that we run into the family is that children become the center of everything. Some parents are like, you don't understand, Father, my kids are so busy. Well, you are allowing that. If you're so busy, you're so, you feel like your head's going to spin off because you're doing so many things, that is your, you're responsible for that. I mean, I've got, I, I had some buddies in high school, they were farmers, their dad said, you get to pick one sport. That's it, one sport. And you know what? They did a great job and they were good at those sports. A lot of them were state champions. And you know why they could only pick one sport? Because they had to work. And that's another thing. I was at a university, Mary. I, I bet I did, I don't know, 500 to 1,000 different spiritual directions of all of these, these college-age kids. And I was sitting there and I'd hear over and over, Father, I'm so busy. It's so hard to pray. I got so much going on. I got school. I got all. And I was like, well, maybe if you just cut back on your work hours, you'd have more time. And they looked at me with like, I don't have a job. I'm like, you don't have a job? I worked two jobs in college. Two. And somehow passed, and I'm not that smart. I mean, I think the reality is we, and I'm not saying just people in this, I'm saying we as a culture are raising really weak Entitled and faithless young people. I see it in our confirmation classes. I see it where I teach. It's everywhere. So, but not only are, are you know, the family in trouble, we also have marriage is a little bit of in trouble, okay? And so the Holy Family teaches these two beautiful virtues. And I'm telling you, husbands and wives, if you get these down, things are going to be a lot better. The two virtues are love and respect. And, and I don't know if you've read this book. It's called, very originally, Love and Respect. It's by uh, Emerson. I can't, I can't remember his last name. Emerson. Anyway, look it up. It's great. I think we're going to start giving it as our parish. We're going to give it to every married couple. Because Father Chris Cattermas gave it to me. And he said, every married person needs to read this book. And he bases his entire book on the Ephes- letter to the Ephesians chapter 5. And our second reading today. In which it says, husbands love your wives. And wives respect your husbands. What men want is respect. They want to know they're respected. And when they know they're respected by their wives, they in turn will love their wives. Which is what a woman wants. She wants to be cherished, to be loved. I think a lot of women think that loving, I love my husband. Well, yeah, his mom loves him too. But he married you. And what he wants to know is that you respect him. You love him. You see him in all of his weaknesses and all of his flaws. That he is the man that provides, protects, and you love. If a man feels that. I don't know. You ever seen the movie Saving Private Ryan? At the end of that movie, there's this beautiful, he's standing, right? Because all those guys died to save him. And he's standing at the tomb, or the, 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 the headstone. Of the commander who died at the very end. And he's kneeling there crying. And he looks at his wife and he says these words. He says, tell me I'm a good man. 
That is the cry of every husband to his wife. Tell me I'm a good man. That's what they want to know. And if they get that, if they understand that in the depths of their heart, that they have done their job, they will love their wives. But here's the problem. A lot of wives don't respect their husbands. And when they don't, the the husband, he just gets kind of cold, indifferent. He doesn't have to say anything. He just doesn't do anything. And then what do wives do to push back against that? They become condescending, passive-aggressive. I always know when 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 a marriage is in trouble because publicly, the woman publicly will be condescending towards her husband in front of other people. And publicly, the man will never show any type of affection publicly. That's when a marriage is losing some of its fire. And you can see this in the Holy Family. I think of Mary and Joseph. If there's anybody that could have been condescending, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Right? I mean, anytime anything went wrong in the house of Nazareth, Mary looks at Jesus, you know, he's like, yeah, guess who it was? We know. We can't sin, so it's obviously his fault. I mean, the Holy Family is literally, despite, ladies, what you think, the Holy Family is the only marriage ever in which the man was always wrong. That's the only marriage that's ever where the man has been always wrong. But Mary is not condescending. She's loving. And she respects Joseph. Because why? Because Joseph pours his heart out in love to his wife. We can learn so, so, so much from the Holy Family. But what we, and we, what we don't need right now is husbands and wives bickering and fighting and being condescending and trying to win arguments against each other. What we need right now is holy families. Wives, make the decision right now this morning to love your husbands and respect them, even if they are weak and flawed. And husbands, make the decision right now to love your wives in all of their brokenness. Don't wait. And don't be sitting here and one of you like, you know, elbowing the other one. You heard him. Get to work. No, both of you get to work. A priest I know, he once said, marriage is a place where bad people go to die. I like that. It's a place where you learn how to love. Where you learn how to pour yourself out unto death. And that's how you become a good person. Self-gift. In the marriage rite, we say the two shall become one. And I'm not a mathematician, I'm a theologian. Sort of. But for two to become one, something has to go away. And what has to go away is your ego. My ego. Your desire to get your way. If that doesn't go away... If that doesn't happen, your marriage, your family will never live. On this Feast of the Holy Family, may we learn that death is the way to life. And obedience, love, and respect are the keys that unlock death's door. Love is death, but in Christ, death is life.